This is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremony. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. again please I don't understand we have been on this planet for so long it should not be this cold it's cold everywhere I mean I can feel it in my um, uh, what do you know where I can feel it isn't there a, a climate control in this place I mean I understand it's cold out there but it shouldn't be cold in here by the same measure have you seen if Craig's been working on it again that's it after this winter, I'm finding another planet that's climate isolated. Maybe I'll go back to the Drazi planet where it's always warm. Yes, I know it was too warm before. Doesn't mean I can't change my feelings of things. Ah, hot chala. It does the body good. Yes, good. Now, ah, you catch me what I'm drinking. A common occurrence, I will grant you. But you are not here to listen to me talk about the cold or the weather or how it could freeze things off a body. Oh, I swear, if any of my performers get out of line, I'm going to toss them out and wait for them to start banging on the door. That is beyond your concern. You're here about the Tau Marie Celestia, yes? And our intrepid adventurers who have just been through fights, had through discussions, have had choices thrust upon them. And now we get to the point of this particular little bit of the saga. When we last we left our uh, intrepid adventurers, we had one, Mirgrad, who was entertaining Madame Vitrezzini. And Madame Vitrezzini had imparted upon her a particular prophecy, as she is known to do. This prophecy meant that certain people had to come with. However, Tai and Duli were under attack at a local kiosk and convenience store, as you, if you will. But that all leads up to this week's tale and a great revelation down there. But I get up ahead of myself. So where were we exactly? Literally motions to Tai. May I have my suit back, please? Mm, oh, yeah, here you go. Thank I like kind of <laughs> shove it at him. <laughs> he quickly gets dressed back with his all white suit. Uh, his pants are not as all white anymore. They're, you know, splattered with all, all number of you know, interesting hues. And then okay. as you do that, you guys grab stuff out of the store and just shove it into backpacks as much as you can. We can go over inventory later. Yeah. Uh, but a lot and of snack we... food, a lot of water, that sort of stuff. I am going to grab, like, two Cosmopolitans and stuff them in there. Fair enough. And it, let me guess, a fistful of air fresheners as well, huh? <laughs> well, Ty said she was going to grab those. Okay. By the way, I love, I'm love. i not going to call it that, but I love the idea of the episode called A Fistful of Air Fresheners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you grab all that, you stuff it in the backpacks, everything you can, like, that you think you need, just kind of stuff it in there. Uh, there's no real weapons here. There's no real, you know, there's little gadgets. or something I would say like tools or anything like that. So again, it's like a 7-Eleven. So again, if, if you come to me later and says, hey, Dan, was this happening to be there? Just let me know and we can add it to the, the inventory. Mm -hmm. Kaluta also, again, takes a couple of bags, just kind of throws as much as he can in there. A lot of protein bars. Lots yeah, of protein bars. Yeah, just fucking fill that thing with Slim Jims. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Don't ask what they're, what they're made of, just their protein. So, but he does that. He does water, does a few other things. Uh, Cutter tries to, you know, he puts the backpack on. He he just asks, actually asks that somebody just fill his pack for him because he doesn't want to move that much. And I don't think he should have a pack, actually, now that I know he's all hurt. He, he just kind of nods and says, I have to be, a, I, I'm not going to be dead weight. I will, I will. Oh, you're not. You're going to help defend us in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will try. I will try. And looks over at you and says, he looks over at Julie and says, you and I must have a chat soon, but not 
now. Yeah, well, no. at least some people figured out the appropriate time for conversations. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that a dig at Mirgorat? It is. I mean, literally in the middle of battle, you're like... Literally, yes. What? Four people would you like to take with us? <laughs> to be fair, it was relevant. I know, I know, but people. she doesn't know your side of it, so... And why? So... Kaluta gets his stuff. Everyone gets their bags together. Kaluta uh, grabs uh, Connor, kind of, again, holds him under one arm, kind of holds him up. And he says, good. I think we have a slight window, but we're going to have to leave in the next 30 seconds. Is everyone prepared? Yeah, let's go. All right. This will I take down. I want to die in 7-Eleven. Yep. <laughs> Man, you speak for us all. <laughs> He says, this will take daring and this will take timing, but we can do this. Do you understand? Honor, glory, and out there we will survive. Do you understand? Um, right, let's yes. go. He, 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 literally still holding Connor under one arm, he kind of slaps his hands together. He says, good, let's do this. Holds Connor up. He says, he takes this almost, you could call it like a starting position right in front of the gates. And he kind of, you know, motions for Ty to, to go to one side, and and then he motions for uh, Julie with one finger up, kind of like, on the count of three. One, two, three. And All right. Do you hit the button? Yep. Okay. So you hit the button, and he takes off running. And yeah, I'm assuming you guys try to follow as best you can. Right. Yes. Now, here's where it gets interesting because he, you guys, as you go out, you see the mob on either end of this hallway coming at you. Uh, there's still, yeah, there's some uh, body parts around. There's a couple of dead bodies, but it's not like, you know, a bloodbath everywhere, but it is, you know, there's been a battle there. What Kaluta does is he leaps over the railing between uh, the hallway and the tram line and drops into the tram line for a second and basically just, you know, yells, follow me! <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. That's the third rail, I guess. Yep. I, I just imagine Julie trying to leap over it, like getting her feet tangled up and ending up with like a leg wrapped around the railing and dang like <laughs> three inches on the third rail. <laughs> I could see that too. I'm not gonna have you guys roll, roll uh, rolls because we're like we're almost there, and so. Um, but yes, yeah, so you just like you leap, you stumble, you're like oh dear god, and you guys have to run. But you realize if you can make it to the station, past the mob, uh, before the next tram comes, you should be in the clear. Yeah. So again, I'm not gonna run roll for uh, athletics check or anything else like that. I'm just gonna assume that you guys, by the time you get done with this, are gonna be really out of air. Uh, and struggling, you know, yep. music swells, tension music, da -da 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 -da, you know, and eventually probably at the end as, you know, Kaluta gets on the, uh, on the track, sorry, onto the station, he uh, props Connor up, he probably grabs the first, per uh, probably uh, Ty, because that would be the first person next, and hauls her, uh, hauls her up, and Dooley is running because you see the oncoming tram, and right before the tram can get you, he just grabs your, you know, uh, grabs your collar, hauls you up to the station before the tram does any damage, and you guys are you know, breathing heavily. <gasps> he says, and then the, the train car, which stops, is empty, but it stops right in front of you. Doors open, and he says, shall we? And motions towards the tram. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we get on the tram. <laughs> we get on the tram. Yes, we're getting on the tram. He uh, checks the station logs and he goes, yes, this will, be, this will be fine. And the tram will actually take you all the way to to the docking station. So Okay. I'm going to use the communicator to call Mirgrat mm -hmm. and tell her uh, we are on the way. I don't have a fancy ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> so while that was happening and all that kind of stuff, while Mirgrat was, again, uh, gathering your stuff together, uh, 
she actually does help. She actually can get, uh, uh, there's a cart, which again is still kind of left behind from another room, that she gets, that uh, uh, Madame Vincini gets to put the brains on, and she actually does haul the brains together. She okay, talks this, to them. I'm sure this is the same catering cart we've been using to move the brains. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, but she talks to them very gently, very curiously, a couple times making interesting remarks. Oh, you don't say. Well, that's fascinating. Oh, you really should be looking into this. And it puts on the thing. Cart. Tuvo is nauseous and wobbly, but he's a he he he's like a kid who's had a fever for like three days, but he hasn't quite gotten to one hundred percent yet. Yeah, like that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That was the no. dog. <laughs> it's okay. Um, like I said, we're so close. I want to get to this. Um, yeah, I mean, Mira would offer to like hold Tuvo's hand or whatever, but like, if, if we're being honest, holding hands with Pacmara is not going to help your nausea situation. No, but when Madame gets the gets the the cart ready, and you, I'm guessing you pack your stuff like the the, the science bags and things like that, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. I am packing all my science bags. Okay, so you pack all your stuff. You put it also on the, the catering cart with the round of brains. So again, it's this one big push. Yeah, all your stuff and some of Dooley's stuff and Ty's stuff that was happy to be there. Not that Ty had a lot of stuff. Uh, or Dooley. <laughs> or Dooley uh, gets put on there and is ready to go. And so. Madame says, all right, good. Uh, might I suggest, just just a suggestion, just a little, little suggestion. Um, I can help push this for a bit, but um, Tuvo is a young lad. He's very fragile. He's in a great place. You may want to give him, oh, what's the term? A, 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 a piggyback ride. Oh dear. Tuvo <laughs> is currently quite nauseous. Would oh, you oh. want to give, receive a piggyback ride from me? If you were oh. nauseous? Uh, she looks over. Could be fun, but um, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure the Pacmara are built that way. But I thank you for the offer. Now, in this particular case, she reaches down, plucks two bells off of her dress, and looks over at Tuvo and says, "Don't worry, this won't hurt, and this will help." She kind of taps him on the forehead a little bit, taps on the side, taps him on the other side. Good, that'll help there, and this will help with everything else. And she takes the two bells and she shoves it up his nostrils, like plugs. Not like, oh you know, God. deep in the nostrils, but just enough that there's not oxygen going through that way. And then she takes out a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a, not a perfume, but it's all, it's like this paste thing, but it also has a bit of a scent. She kind of rubs a little under his nose, a little, a little under his mouth, and actually kind of smells uh, not unlike frankincense. Mm. And she says, there, that'll help things. Good, good, good. Now, uh, uh, when we go, we're going to have to, um, what's the word? Oh, yes. Run like the Dickens. Uh, are, are, are you ready? Let us begin that process. And then uh, I'm Mira's going to take out an air freshener, put it around their neck, take mm -hmm. out a second one, put it around Tuva's neck, and then, like, do the, the, the get on my back, <laughs> back ride gesture. Oh, uh, she says, oh, oh, please allow me. From also putting in her dress, she pulls out three air fresheners in plastic. One is of an arcane mystical symbol, not unlike a seal of Solomon. One is of a, a centauri deity of love and connections. <laughs> Take of that what you will. And the last one is of a dolphin. <laughs> and she says, oh, oh, here, allow me. And she kind of puts them around your hood and everything else like that. Yeah, yeah, that'll help things just fine. Good, 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 good. Now, uh, yes, are we ready? Uh, on three, shall we? Uh, we're going to run to the station and that should take us to where we need to go. Shall we? Uh, is, is Tuvo on Mugarat's back? Yes, he is. Mugarat's just gonna shout three and then take off. Okay, so <laughs> the button is hit, the door opens, and initially the the, the the hallway is pretty empty, but you can hear the emptiness. There, it's not so much that people are gone, it's true they are, but so much as people have gathered in places that aren't here, but you can tell they're far away. It's that kind of weird, empty building feeling. I know that feeling. And so you're running down the hall pretty quickly, and you're about, and you get towards the station. However, the station itself 
is swarming. And the swarming comes from two sides of the station. One side, uh, give me a quick notice check. Uh, okay. Uh, give me a moment. I don't remember what my notice is. So I will have to look that up on my character sheet. Listen, it has been two weeks. You know I don't remember <laughs> anything. I oh, know. no, That's we had to do the same thing, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking along. I was under Okay. I'm mostly speeding this along because again, it's like it's five ten. It's like okay, we're almost there. Come on, we can get almost there. Twenty six natural twenty, baby. All right, this is where you get a beautiful view, of, and you understand a lot of what's happening right now. So you get to the station. One half of the station, the far side, is filled with people holding red crystal daggers. The other side are humans and various other species that have blue crystal ornaments of some type or another. You figured out real quick what's going on. One side of the station with the blue crystal is obviously the Ithians in new bodies. Fine. No problem. You figured that out. That red crystal you saw on a dagger that you pulled out of the bug's uh, apartment way back when, you know, Dooley accidentally blew it up. (laughs) That means that the other side are the Kulati gathering. In the middle near the station are a couple of people. One is a a pair, a one human, one Narn, who are trying to hold back the people infested with Kulati with essentially fire sticks. You know, like they're like trying to hold back uh, Frankenstein. Fire bad. Keep back. Keep back. <laughs> um, the other all side isn't really keeping them back. Well, they are. Are a number of people dressed in black. And you've met them. These are part of the association. And oh, oh sorry, you broke up. Part of whose sorry. ship? Uh, they're part of the association. Ah. And they are basically staring down both the Kulati and the Yithians. And they're not going, and nobody's going near them. But you see the station, and as you come into the station, you watch as everybody turns towards you with the brains and with, you know, tubo on your back. And Vidger City, you know, goes. And this is where I complete my bargain. She literally just kind of grabs your hands, puts them on the cart, and she snaps her fingers. When she snaps her fingers, the train shows up. And you cannot tell for a moment whether or not she summoned a train with her fingers or she knew the time schedule so much that she just, oh, there it is. And the train arrives. The doors open. She looks at you and says, follow the song. Remember my name, and he and my family is coming with you. And keep going. Agreed? Are we in the car? No, no, this is to Mirgrat. Oh, okay. So separate car. Separate car. Mirgrat's just gonna like nod. She says, Good. Remember my name. Run! And she just shouts, run. And when that happens, the the mobs from both sides ignore the people they're looking at and start coming at you you guys. One group actually starts shouting, she has our property. The other other side says, she knows of the crafters. Sorry, he, they know of the crafters, you know, and they just start descending upon you. She just starts yelling, run, run. I mean, Mirgrat's already running. Okay. There was I'm I'm going to be honest. At no point was Mirgarat slowing down to try and make sure Madame Vidrasini was going to be okay. <laughs> Mirgarat kept going. Mirgarat's so, got their eyes on the prize. Fair enough. So Mirgarat's running towards the train, which is empty. You, you're running for the doors as the kind of mob is sending towards you. Give me a quick will save. That's a stat I have. <laughs> that's a thing. I think that's my second best save. It's definitely not re- uh, even, uh Yes, Will is my second best save. All right. 
I'm rolling a d20, not a d6. That will be helpful. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, well, they can't all be winners. <laughs> so, all right. I'm going to be uh, dramatic, but it's basically just as you get to the, the doors, you're hit with this psionic wave that it sounds like a scream and a song and somebody hitting every key on a uh, massive uh, pipe organ. Just this deluge of psychic release that just kind of over overwhelms you for a second. But again, I'm being good and almost getting to the point that I wanted to get to. So basically this hits you just as you hit the threshold for the, 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 for the train. So when you collapse, pushing the brains into the into the train, Tuvo actually grabs you and drags you into the train as the door closes. So unfortunately, you don't get to see, but Tuvo does. As he turns back, the doors close, and there's Matravicini just practically psionically glowing. And, you know, as if she's giving up every last ounce of every potential future she ever had right then and there to just stun everybody in the area with the exception of the association from what he could tell. But then she looks over, waves at Tuvo, you know, kind of sweetly, and the mob envelops her. And she is gone. Train up and leaves gets passed to various other mobs and stations as they move as it moves forward. It gets you again over the course of getting from where you are to the docking station. It's you know docking bay. It takes you a while to recover, but you do because you're kind of still shaking from that psionic deluge that Vidrasini let loose. And as far as you can tell, she abided by her agreement. She saved y'all's ass. She, you know, she gave up her life so that you guys could get on the train and those things that hordes of people never touched you. So I mean, this was the deal. Exactly. She lived up to, let's just say she lived up to her end of the bargain. So when you get to the docking station, there is a group of people. Now, this is also when you see Dooley and Ty who got the train right before yours. So you guys get there first and you're immediately directed to a shuttlecraft. Uh, the shuttlecraft is not, is the one that you guys all came in on, but right now it's fueled, it's prepped, it's ready to launch. Um, you find, however, the doors are open and there are several people inside. Inside you find Shokar, the chef, with his massive knives and actually a giant, um, just a massive pack of foods and stuff and rare wines and vintages and, you know, all sorts of stuff that he has just, you know, grabbed as much as he could and shoved in. You see uh, Yorni there, again, in her, with a, a small staff, uh, with her black clothing, her books, her duffel bag that she got before, uh, also a number of other, like, cooking utensils strapped to the bag. She looks over at Duli. Oh, oh, mistress, you're here. Good, good, good. I, I, I was told you'd be here, so I, I'm coming with you. I, I, I wasn't sure you would. Uh, we're leaving. She looks over. I owe you my life, and I'm going to follow you. And I told you, I will be with you as long as you need. So your name's there. Aparo is there. But he's not looking great. Remember, he got like thrashed by the captain and shot repeatedly. Mm. Uh, but he's not looking great, but there's a human there. Eric Powell, the nurse from MedLab, apparently is hooking him up to a couple of IV bags and checking his vitals. He's basically in his scrubs uh, with a quick med bag slung over his shoulder. Then there is Kupusek, again, the the ranger is also there. He's tending to Aparo as well. And while you guys can't understand what he's saying because he's using untranslated Pac, once once Mirgret gets there, she, uh, they will understand that what Kupasek is doing is he is relaying the ranger ideology to uh, uh, Aparo. 
Oh my gosh, is Aparo getting deputized? I think it's closer to somebody is reading scripture to Aparo, whether this is a uh, last rites or he is being trained like a um, uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation person or Mm -hmm. they think he'll survive and, well, you wanted to be a ranger? Now you're going to be a ranger. Uh, oh, that's sort of situation. Funny. That's you great. Tend to be a ranger this whole fucking time, so yeah. <laughs> Congrats, buddy. Yeah, Punner looks absolutely horrible, absolutely terrible. He is bleeding profusely. Kaluta looks pretty good. Uh, Kali is also there. Kali is the one in the pilot seat. She motions for Ty to come in and you know take a seat. I uh, thought she wasn't on the list. She's but on the she list. She still made it. Okay. Mm, Was list. she? Kyle's oh, okay. on the list. Second for the bottom. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Cool. When uh, Tuvo and Mirgrat show up with the brains, they're stored quickly. And Kali actually turns to Ty, besides saying, take the take the, uh, the pilot seat, the co-pilot seat. I need somebody else with me on this one. Um, she's also saying, I hope all this is worth it. I don't know what this is about. Someone cashed in a whole bunch of favors but this better be worth it for whatever the hell is going on. Do I look like I know what's going on? <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Who, she actually looks over. Who signed up for all of this? I was supposed to be on a pleasure cruise. I was supposed to be doing a contract <sighs> for the next 10 years. Well, you're still doing it now. So the second you guys are on board, she calls for, uh, Kali calls for permission to leave, and it is granted. The captain basically says, go, do what you have to do, come back, please. He is scared. You don't even need a, a sense motive check to hear. He is scared. And so when you guys launch from the ship, you see the ship is still in its same place, and you could feel that the ship is not the ship that you guys entered on so long ago. It's just so different. Oh, I should also mention, there are a few other people on this vessel. Because she said, please, take my family. There are six other people. Three are human. One, I believe, is a Narn. One, I believe, is a Bakiri. And one is... So there you are! Oh, no. (laughs) Wait, I knew Ah. you. This adventure is going to go very well. Good, good, good. Ah, so tell me, uh, where is my cousin? Mm. And who is your cousin? Kind of starts shaking it like like one might do to an electronic device that is broken or not working properly. I'm sorry, what uh, was that? You said it very distant. Oh, uh, Mira flips their translator off and starts shaking it like one might do to an electronic device that is broken or not working properly and just kind of like telegraphs it towards uh, uh, Padini and then like shrugs like, oh, what can you do? Technology, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, don't worry. We'll find out what's going on when we come back. Good, good, good. Now, uh, 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 you've, you've met the rest of my actors. They're very good, but they've decided my crew is with us. So whatever it is, we'll have footage of everything. Good, good, good. And looks over at uh, the stuff that uh, Mirgrat had. And Mirgrat also has recorders. He's like, oh, you have the 237s. Those are good. Allow me to show you the 783s. Much better. Uh, again, you turn your translator off so you can hear him ramble all you like, but he can't hear a single thing you say. Yes, that's not my concern. My concern is that he's going to try and, like, get me to talk to him, and I'm just going to kind of do the thing where you fall asleep with your eyes open. (laughs) So, well, you try to do this, and unfortunately you also hear from the front, from Kali, uh, to Ty, uh, where's your friend? You need to talk to your friend. Uh, the, 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 Pac with the head thing. Give me mirror it? Oh, yeah, yeah. We did a, mm, uh, back there somewhere. She actually gets on a, a communicator. You know, <clears throat> this is your, I guess, pilot speaking. Will Mirgrat come to the front of the shuttle? 
Mira at will. They will also turn on their translator. <laughs> so she looks over and says, Because well, someone hasn't annoyed the bejesus out of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she says, look, I'm told that you know where we're going. Is this the case? That is a slight exaggeration. She where just, she just, are we supposed to land, Mirgrat? You told us to do this. Where are we supposed to land? On the surface of the planet. All right. Would you like the North Pole, the South Pole, uh, island in the middle of nowhere, a distant mountain range in the middle of the desert? What do you want? Dealer's choice. Where am I in all this? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Yeah. Uh, you're boarded the shuttle. So it's a, it's again, it's a shuttle, not unlike a, uh, I won't say a 747, but it's again like that. I, I mean, am I close enough to engage in the conversation? Um, if you followed Mirgrat in, you're welcome to do so. And I'm just going to okay. say yes for dramatic purposes. All right. So, Kali, haven't they been bringing people to the planet and like setting buildings up and stuff? She says, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. But that's not what the, the, the crazy woman said. What did the she crazy said, woman say? She says there's only one person among us that can follow the beacon. And that's where we have to go. Like I said, somebody cashed out a lot of favors to get me here, but I'm here. So she looks up over at there at, at, at Mirgrat. So where are we going? Uh, fine. I'll use telepathy to try and figure out where the song is coming from. I assume you want me to roll for that. Please do. 20. Ooh. Nice. Uh, okay, not bad. Not an actual 20, but again, you listen for the song and you can hear it. And you kind of like point your finger in the right direction. And <laughs> Kali kind of goes, close enough. As you head towards the, one of the moons, since you're not going to the three primary planets, because they're essentially gas giants. Uh, you're going to one of the moons, but this is not one of the moons that's been colonized. It's been has been colonized because while the air is viable, there's not a lot of vegetation that is visible. It's mostly rock and dust and dirt. Um, but as you get closer, the song gets louder and not like ear piercingly loud. It's more like, again, like you're driving along with an FM radio or an AM radio and suddenly, you know, the station comes in little by little. Yes, I'm familiar with this. I am also old. <laughs> Remember them old days when you had the dial? Um, <laughs> and don't even get me started. I'll start talking about my favorite radio station. I, I okay. Let's go. Let's keep okay. So stay on track. Yeah, keep it <laughs> almost there. Almost there. So as you follow it to this world, which is like I said, it's not barren, rocky like the moon. Closer to Mars in a lot of ways, but the but the oxygen level. And the atmosphere is not only breathable, it's well within the range of gravity. It's well within the range of sterile, because there doesn't seem to be a lot of bacteria in the air. It is, for lack of a better term, habitable for a short period of time, you know, before things like dehydration and food kick in. So but, it is habitable, asterisk, until the Pacamara runs out of food. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we brought all these people. Yep. Oh, that, that was bad. <laughs> oh, no. Or to quote Kids in the Hall, if I was stuck on a desert island with only one book, record, and friend, I would probably die of exposure. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, as you get closer, and yes, I'm speeding this up, I would do this whole dramatic thing, but again, it's, it's almost time. As you get closer and closer, you notice that some of the rock, uh, the uh, mountains and hills of this waste planet aren't rocky. They're manufactured. And they actually have a smooth texture to them. As you get closer, you recognize the song is getting louder and louder, and it's getting a lot easier to, to triangulate. And then while you do so, you just kind of go, uh, turn to the left, turn to the right, north, south, okay, there, there, there. The shuttle comes to land in front of this large hill, amongst a section of large hills. It's got some weird juts of rock all around it. 
it kind of looks like a bit like a wasteland and some rocky, hilly, mountainous terrain. But the song keeps calling to you louder and louder. And when the uh, ship lands, what do you do? Um, I think I am going to uh, assess who is in need of medical attention. Well, that's the thing. You don't need to do that because uh, Eric Powell, the nurse who's helping Aparo, is a full nurse. Oh, so and he, he got on. He he we he didn't get counted against our total. Correct. I'm starting to wonder if this total wasn't bullshit. Um mm-hmm. right. Uh so okay, uh then uh whoever is um in good enough physical condition uh to go on a hike is going on a hike with me. Okay. So Kali will stay with the ship just because, you know, she's, you know, while she's okay for being out there because she's Narn, she's like, look, somebody's got to stay with the ship and I'm the one responsible for it, so I'm staying. I was like, fine. Uh, Kaluta- Mirad assumes there's like insurance reasons why she can't leave the shuttle. (laughs) Well, uh, the other thing is she wants to make sure there's a way back. Yeah, Uh, that too. This is not a good planet for people other than me to be stuck on. And this is only mm -hmm. an okay planet for me to be stuck on. Exactly. So she's staying with the shuttle for security reasons. Eric is staying to help both Aparo and Connor, because uh, they are badly injured. Shokar is confused, but will come. Uh, Lorny is happy to follow Tuvo. It will go where where his... Uh, where the oh, no, Tuvo, Tuvo's in rough shape. Tuvo can stay with the medical professional. I'm not taking my kid on a mystery hike through an <laughs> unexplored fucking planet. Yeah, no, Tuvo is staying on the shuttle. Tuvo is staying. So Kaluta will be more than happy to join you. Uh, so you have Kaluta, you have Shokar, you have me going back to the other page so I can remember who's who. Uh, Kukusek will join you, and Yordi will join you, and I think that's everybody. Yes. So uh, Eric also gives you a, a strange look when you say, oh, and take care of the brains. He looks over and goes, oh, there are brains in jars. Well, if he's just now noticing the brains in jars, that is a him problem. I was not <laughs> secretive about the brains in jars. The brains in jars were a very important facet of this mission. So you go on a short hike, and the hike basically takes about 20 minutes while you follow song. And this song gets is louder and louder, and it's very much in your own tongue. Uh, but it is beautiful and enchanting. But it leads you to... Uh, not quite a cave in a in a hill. It's like the cave isn't that deep. Like it's almost like a indentation in the hill. Oh, it, it it's it's it is to a cave what an overpass is to a tunnel. Yes. Okay. So I know we're like eh, do a quick investigation check. Anybody can do it as well. By the way. Uh-huh. Sure. We're not. Okay. Uh, is this? To search an area. Yes, it is. Awesome. I get a bonus to that. Oh, all right. So Ty got 12. Dooley got 22. Very nice. <laughs> and... Here, Greg. 25. Okay. So the other people start looking around. This is where it gets a little weird because... Uh, Shokar isn't looking. He's just kind of standing with his arms at his, uh, you know, in that kind of superhero pose, uh, are, you know, looking up at the the indentation. He goes, hmm, that looks very familiar. And Kukusek tries to look over. How do you mean? I'm a butcher. I know what I know what I look I know what an esophagus looks like. And they thought, everyone goes, what are you talking about, esophagus? Ty is also kind of going, I'm in a weird place. I'm in a weird, a weird planet. What am I doing here? Oh, dear God. And I'm in a human body. This is just bugging me now. Yeah, that sounds Ty, right. Yeah. Ty objects <laughs> to hiking as well. Yes. <laughs> hiking in a desert, uh, dusty, dirty place. Not woods, not a park. It's just, you know, you might as well be somewhere in the Sahara or on a racket. <laughs> Mm. And um, or Utah, or Utah. some parts of Utah. Utah. 
however, Dulee looks over and says, I think I found something at the same time that Mirgret on the other side of the davit goes, I think I found something too. And what you initially see um, takes a minute to, Dulee looks at it and goes, this is strange. What you see, you initially think are buttons or outcroppings or whatever, and you get closer and you oh, realize, hmm? They're teeth. Pimples. This rock formation is something that looks akin to pimples. You? Oh God, it's a teenager. <laughs> uh, it's mostly just, again, as you, do you go up and touch it or do you just look at it? No, I don't touch it. <laughs> God, you think this is Mirgrat's first rodeo? <laughs> Basically, even from where you can see, you notice that essentially what the pimples are are not like gooey things, you know. With, it's mostly like a, a, a small stone, like a white pearl that has been lodged in a spigot of some type. So that's why. Oh, those are Milia. Oh, are they? Nice. Here you go. What? Mm. Uh. Hang on a sec. Uh, I don't know what it is in geological terms, uh, but like, this is totally a thing that people think are zits, but they in fact are not. They're a type of uh, very like shallow benign cyst. Okay. So something like that, yes. Yeah, you're looking at there and there's a couple of them in certain formations. But again, it looks more like, like again, a ge geological equivalent of pimples or milia. Hmm. And the song gets louder. What do you guys do? We're following Mirgrat. Um, yeah, I'm just here. I'm, her, I'm literally just here. What do you think of Mirgrat? Uh, I, I'm going to follow the song. Where's the song going? We're going to have to go to the esophagus, aren't we? <laughs> If you could figure out how to, to open it, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's the esophagus and not the trachea, it shouldn't be covered by the epiglottis, so we should just be able to stroll right in. But it doesn't go that far, so again, there might be some sort of epiglottal uh, situation there. Um, I'm gonna knock. Okay. <laughs> you go mm. up and knock, and you suddenly realize you're not knocking on rock. It's actually a very heavily calloused, like, skin material. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking, like, on the bottom of your feet. I'm talking, like, calluses that are, like, three or four inches deep. Dan, you don't know what the bottoms of my feet are like, okay? <laughs> Fair enough. You could be a hobbit for all I know. I am um, I, I, I am a hobbit. I basically have hooves. Okay. But again, it's that rough sort of feeling, but it's been like heavily polished through dust and whatever. But again, it, it feels a bit like rock as if rock was made of uh, heavily calloused skin. I mean, I'm a Pachmara. It might taste like that, too. You don't know what I'm up to right now. <laughs> you don't know me! Um, <laughs> this point, Shokar just kind of goes up and says, Oh, you're needing past that? I can get you there. Pulls out a titanically huge uh, meat cleaver. I'm going to stop him right there. Okay. We should knock first! Oh, very well. Puts the meat cleaver back. Uh, as you knock, I'll just speed this up. Uh, the epiglottis itself, it is an epiglottis, unsheathes itself. Like it's like four different panels that kind of slide back in different directions. But it's also, again, you're noticing a bit of a tube that goes down. And then when you go down, sorry, as you, as the door, as the epiglottis opens, you hear the song. Everybody hears the song loud. It's not just one person mm. in their mind. It's everybody can actually hear it. Y'all remember the meat ship from um, last week? The or whenever that was? The meat ship from, you know, the other day? Oh, yeah. That thing. I don't really want to go into this hole. Yeah, that's fair. So what do you do? If we go back to the ship and just throw some grenades down there. <laughs> <laughs> That seems 
unnecessarily mean. Um, maybe we can... Like, okay. Can I translate the singing? Yes. Yes, you can. It's okay. off Kakara, but it's close enough that you should be able to get the gist of it. Okay. And the singing is a song of both welcome, loneliness, um, and urge to be. Okay. Is, is Are there shades of hunger anywhere in? <laughs> uh, no. Not that you could detect. Okay. Um, and, and it's open? Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm going in. <laughs> okay. Uh, does, does anybody else follow her, or are you just going to wait to see what happens when she gets back? Uh, I will go in with her. I'm okay. Gonna, maybe go by herself, but I, and, well, we I'll just say Ty. Through in uh, the clutch. Yeah, I'll turn Ty and say, just wait out here with, oh, what is his name? The butcher guy. Uh, Shokar? Shokar. Make sure Shokar's we can get back out. Uh... Kutbusek is also there, and uh, oh god, and uh, uh, Kaluta. So they would be more than happy to stay if you wish to guard. Kaluta is like, I can guard anything. Um, <laughs> so, but they will stand watch if you guys want to, or you can you know, that you can ask them to come with. But if it's just the two or three of you, that's fine too. And, uh, I think. Uh, why is this not giving me? There we go. There's the names. I think Connor needs to stay here. Okay. Same with Kakara. Kakara. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, in the uh, is he in the shuttle? Okay. Yeah. Kaluta is the one that was fighting with Connor, though, right? That's yeah. correct. Let's take him with. Yeah, okay. that seems like a good idea. If anyone's going to give this thing emergency indigestion, it probably him. Yeah. I almost forgot Yorni would be coming with you too because she also is capable of walking. Okay, she's so she's coming with us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll just wait out here. Okay. Yeah. No problem. So Kaluta and Yorni are joining Mirgrat and Duli into the opening. Everybody else is staying out and guarding and seeing what else happens. Yes. Okay. So. As you walk through the tunnel, again, it very much feels like a, a, an esophagus and ep, you know, epiglottis, just like down a, a gullet, as it were. But it doesn't take long before the gullet massively opens up. And I'm talking like you realize this whole hill that you're looking at is in fact covered, is this you know dome structure of the same material all the way through. And there's little bits of light through what are essentially bioluminescence that go through. And when you get there, you realize, uh, one last time, uh, notice checks, please. We're in some giant light up esophagus. Okay, that is... 17. Okay, uh, Dooley, you're welcome to do as well? Or did you just... I, I did, 32. Oh, yeah. 32, natural 20. 20. Okay. Hell this, yeah. This is the reason you brought Dooley here. Because, again, the bioluminescence starts to uh, run throughout the cavern area, and you realize that at the very top, there is a slit. There actually is a slit at the very, very top that can be opened because there's just enough light to get, that is getting through, indicating that it can be opened, but it also goes from one side of the hill to the other. And down below, you also can take a look because you see a couple of areas of outgrowth and croppings and things like that, but not in the center. In fact, it's kind of off to the side. And there looks like a few things that could be where something like it would go. Is this massive, massive trilobite? Oh, you guys know what a trilobite is, right? No more fucking isopods. Bug. <laughs> or um, not isopods. Uh, God, my brain. Um, things with exoskeletons. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm melted, but... E- That's okay. We're Yellow almost there. Thing. We're almost there! So, you realize that, again... This thing is, you know, has like veins and ventricles that are kind of connected to it. 
but those same veins and ventricles are also where arthropods. Arthropods, yeah, but are also in other places around this room where it, something like it should be, and it is very hyper stylized trilobite, and this is where you realize what you're sitting in or what you're standing in. Julie, you're standing in a docking bay. Oh. <laughs> a docking bay. And the song is very loud. It is in Pock. So the only people who can understand it right now are Mirgrat and Kukusek. But yes, it's singing. That big trilobite is singing. And once you enter the room and everything starts to lights up, it sings a slightly different song and it sings essentially that only Mirgrat understand. Welcome. Is it time? Is it time for me to be of service to the great ones? Have I, have you come to take me home? There is that great word again, home. Now you see how it plagues our entire story, and now we have a new player. But don't you want to know more about this strange player in this strange docking bay? You'll have to join us next time for another reading of Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Now in the meantime, I have to start burning things for warmth. Can we try it with the old scripts first? Maybe that's okay. Not the bravari! Not the bravari! And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Odyssey, a Babylon 5 RPG podcast or Reddit, r slash odysseyb5. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Straczynski and is owned by Warner Brothers Domestic Media. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by Mongoose Publishing, utilizing the OGL gaming license for D20. Our audio engineer is Gabriel Belden. Our theme music, Titan Striker, was composed by Evan King. Incidental music provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. All other music provided by Creative Commons license and is available of information on our website. Once again, I am Daniel, and I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.